back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Leonardo to my Raphael. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, feeling very good. Feeling very uh, feisty, leadership-ish, yeah. if you will. You guys might know us from the from the Seahawks Nest podcast uh, or from hearing us be on uh, these, podca- these very podcasts before. Uh, we're here this week to do a little bit of a Seahawks draft preview for you all. And kind of our thrust here, if you listen to our offensive episode already, is that the Seahawks have certain uh, measurables that they look for when they want to get a, pl- a player. And over time, these measurables have become more and more defined by seeing who the Seahawks have drafted year after year and who they've targeted in udfa now these measurables aren't hard and fast rules right if you're close if you're close you're probably okay like if the weight measurable is 300 pounds and you're 293 yeah you're probably you're probably still on the list right now if the weight measurable is 300 pounds and you're 265 might be a problem. <laughs> Pete Carroll might be uh, crossing you off his draft board. And so that's why these measurables are really important. They're an insightful way to uh, to kind of narrow down who, who is a Seahawks prospect and who maybe isn't. And then, of course, the great exception is guys who just overproduced in college are also kind of stay on the Seahawks draft board. But big ups to Alistair Corp, who historically was kind of the first person who brought this to my attention, at least. And uh, let's get into it. So let's start with uh, interior defensive line. Uh, when we're looking at interior defensive linemen, the Seahawks have two different positions, uh, one tech and three tech. Uh, and that's just as a, uh, a description of where they line up uh, uh, along the offensive line. So one of them is going to be lining up between the uh, center and the right guard, and one's going to be lining up between the cent- generally between the center and the left guard. And so the we're just going to we're start with one tech. For one tech, the Seahawks uh, look for guys that are six foot three, 300 to 320 pounds with 32-inch arms, 1.8 uh second 10 yard split so this is the 40 yard dash but just the first 10 yards because how often are you that big and running more than 10 yards let's be honest about and things. if you are it's it's always really cool we get excited like when Puna ford ran down a guy last year it was, it was very exciting times right but or when nash but, jones ran back a touchdown that got called back by refs that sucked yeah exactly. oh that's exciting it's exciting <laughs> uh uh you want to jump eight feet eight inches in the broad jump 27 inches in the vertical and do 24 bench reps and the reason that the the 10-yard split, the broad jump, the vertical, and the bench reps are so important is because when you're in a short area like that, that bursty energy from the jumps, that burst off getting that bar off your chest, those are the things that are really going to matter. So as far as one text go, Kevin, who's a day two prospect that you've got your eyes on that has those Seahawks traits? So a guy who I love in late round two, early round three is Ali McNeil out of North Carolina State. He's a little bit under on the height, coming in just shy of 6'2". He's 317. He's got kind of that squat build. He played a lot of zero tech which is straight up over the center and took on a lot of double teams in college. Uh, one thing they got way better at as his college career went on was kind of like stacking and splitting double teams or manipulating the offensive lineman to be able to shed and make stops. He's one of those guys who is, has come along really well in the run stopping aspect of his game, but can develop more as a pass rusher. And in that way, he reminds me a lot of Jaron Reed coming out. The other thing is, you know, he has really good balance, but uh, his arms are only a little over 32 inches. But by being a little shorter and a little squatter, it makes it so he's just really hard to get under and move. He has a natural leverage advantage. Yeah, it hits every measurable, like you said, except for height. Looks really good on the tape. I think Tilly McNeil totally did be an interior defender. The Seahawks used to bolster 
that defensive line. How about for day three? Is there anyone who's got those traits that Seahawks look for that maybe, you know, doesn't hasn't put as much good stuff on tape as only McNeil? You know, there's a guy who I'll make this joke every time I'm allowed to. Bobby Brown, it is my prerogative to take him from Texas A&M. Dude's <laughs> six four. He's a little over 320. And he is a physical freak. His testing numbers are incredible, which is really good because his tape might be the most inconsistent defensive tackle tape I've ever seen. Like, you'll see a play where you're like, man, this guy could step in and be an all-pro day one. And then you'll see another snap where it's like, I don't know if he got out of his stance before the running back was by him. What happened there? Like, he just yeah. he kind of improvises, and he's not super disciplined. He needs a lot of coaching. If I had to describe Bobby Brown's tape in one word, it would be sloppy. Yep. Uh, like, why is he always getting knocked over? When he's like, huge and really athletic, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, so the Seahawks picking him up and cleaning up his technique, he could be total diamond in the rough. The perfect kind of guy you want to take in, like, round five, right? Yeah. All right. For three technique, it's almost exactly the same, except for it's okay if you're a little lighter, 295 to 305. Okay, so it's okay if you're a little lighter. And you wanted, we want you to jump a little farther. Uh, we want to jump nine feet. And instead of bench reps, now we care about the short shuttle. We want to run 4.5 seconds or under in that short shuttle. So we're looking for a little bit of a more athletic player to play three technique as opposed to the uh, the one technique maybe a little stronger, right? So who's a three technique player that, that Seahawks might want to get in the trenches on day two, Kev? Okay, so if I was going to cheat, I would say Alim McNeil out of NC State as my three tech, but uh, you know, in the, in the honesty of giving people a little bit more to go with a guy, I think is interesting is Levi on out of Washington. Um, his physical measurables, height, weight comes in a little bit low, but his athletic testing is off the charts. Good. Um, the big thing with him is when you watch him on tape, he oftentimes didn't really take over and dominate a game the way that his physical tools tell you he should. And it's a little bit like, um, you know, previous Seahawks defensive line prospects, or sorry, uh, UW Huskies uh, defensive line prospects, they play a pretty big rotation, and they have people do things kind of out of their skill set. So like Onwuzuriki played a lot of zero tech, and he tired out. So you would see him come in, and he plays some snaps, but he's always fighting double teams. In a three-tech situation on a 4-3 defensive line, he wouldn't be fighting so many double teams, and he probably could develop a lot quicker and be a lot more impactful as a pass rusher. Yeah, perfect example of a guy who is too small to be a one tech for the Seahawks, but but hits everything else, and maybe even too small to be a three tech, but he's barely too small, so he'd probably be okay. All right, is uh, is there a late round three tech that or uh, undrafted free agent three tech that's caught your eye? A guy that I'm really intrigued by is Taquan Graham out of Texas. Another guy, athletically, very very gifted, um, top flight dude, but his tape was interesting because. As I watched him, what I saw was he put his length to good use and he flashed his athleticism, but like his first step was really inconsistent. So sometimes he would just take a long time to get out of his stance or he would shed really well as a run defender, but like he wouldn't be able to use the same skill to get off of the lineman to try and make a sack. And so I think it's just a lot of inconsistency from him again. But that's the kind of guy where you could see that being polished up and you get a much better player than you're drafting position-wise. Another thing about Taquan Graham, I think, is that I'm not 100% sure from watching him, watching his tape, it, it, how good he is at figuring out what the other team's doing quickly, like that processing piece. And if he could like learn to process at a little bit of higher level, because he always looks like he's doing the same thing, whether it's a run play or a pass play, and like that's not what you want to happen. 
you want to try to you want to you want to either you want to fit your runner or do your pass rush move right you don't want to you don't want to be doing the same thing exact same thing no matter what and so uh getting him the ability to kind of process what the offensive line's doing and use those kind of tells to 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 diagnose the play and, and make the right moves would I think make him so much better. And so yeah. you're right. Total, total late round guy that could be a, a coached up. All right. For edges, the Seahawks have two types of edges. Um, we're going to lump them all together because there's just not that many um, that are going to be picked in the, in the range. The Seahawks are picking. Uh, I think, I think that there's, there's kind of a, a light, light sprinkling here, but uh, they, there's a Leo and a five tech. And the, and the biggest difference is the Leo is that, that kind of hybrid stand-up sit-down role that Bruce Irvin uh, played plays outside and and is there to be a pass rusher, right? There, is your Cliff um, Averill pure pass rusher guy? So you're just, you're, you're, he's out there to rush the passer, and it's kind of a, a glamorous role on the defensive line. Let's say let's put it that way. Five Tech is is a, is the, is the dirty guy. You gotta get a little dirty. You're gonna do some run work. You're gonna be over there. So the biggest difference between what we look for in Five Tech guys and Leos is. Leo's were looking for better athletes. You could be a little smaller and it's okay because you, we might have you stand up some anyway, like Bruce Irvin style. Uh, five techs are going to be on the line of scrimmage on every single play, right? So uh, they're going to be in the three point stance, uh, making that work. So, and then Pete Carroll, you know, he's not saying we don't play a three, four, we play a four, three over, right? Which, That's is, yeah. which is a very fancy way of saying like the Leo might stand up, but we still consider ourselves to be in a four, three alignment. Like this guy's not, dropping back into coverage at all right so, instead we'll drop your and read into coverage don't don't answer that anyway <laughs> two times two times a game and uh for both plays i when i see it on the tape i'll circle the the play in my notebook and just shake your exactly. head let's go okay that was that was one all right so uh for measurables here you know we're looking for guys that are six foot three uh the weight varies depending on leo or five tech but 33 inch arms 1.7 10 yards 10 foot broad jump 33 inch vertical 4.3 short shuttle and a 7.1 cone drill kevin what's a, a leo or a five tech that's uh, caught your eye make sure to be specific like is this guy a leo or is he a five tech so who's a day two guy that you'd love to see us get uh, all right so in honor of me cheating like always i actually have two guys who i think could fit either role on our defense so the Excellent. first guy the round two guy is peyton turner out of houston he's six five he's pushing 270 35 inch arms um when you picture his build picture a guy who's pretty similarly built to carlos dunlap just like massive functionally like if a pterodactyl was playing edge <laughs> and so 35 inch arms is, is a lot once i said this in the last episode uh measure your arms that that's long it's, it's very, very long. long yeah that's you know those images where people are like hugging a redwood he could almost do it himself i'm just saying so peyton turner's a guy who i think has a lot of upside and a lot of growth ability coming out of houston um, another team that hasn't maybe always gotten the most out of their talent. You know, you look at a guy like Ed Oliver, who's been coming along for a little while for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, he's out of the same program where he's developing as a pass rusher, becoming a better player as time goes along. So Peyton Turner's a guy I really like as uh, bursty, just a lot of natural power and versatile on our defensive line scheme. Yeah. And, and I think too, is that like, he was, he played five games, right? Like last year, not a huge sample size. And it was a huge breakout, five sacks of five games, but like his worst game was against the highest quality tackle right. that he played. And so it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a real catch with you. Like it, 
was that a sign that he's not going to handle NFL talent? This will cause him to fall into the second or third round, which is good for the Seahawks, though, since we don't have a round one pick. And Peyton Turner, man, yeah, six point under seven second three cone, so he crushed that really long arms, jumped 35 and a half. I didn't run a 40, so we don't know about that. But all right, uh, who's the – and yeah, like you said, he could play both, but he would need to gain about 20 pounds to be – or maybe 15 pounds to be real five-tech material for the Seahawks. What, who's your who's your other guy? My other guy, uh, again, pretty similar measurables, 35-inch arm, 6'5", little over 270. Dio Odangbo out of Vanderbilt is a guy who's probably going to drop because he got injured and couldn't do any of the athletic testing. And he also played at Vanderbilt, which... That's, um, a, that's the Southern Ivy, man. Let's respect. Respect to all Vanderbilt grads. That's a, that's a, it's the most difficult academic school in the SEC. That's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's really long and athletic. He has good inside-outside flexibility. Uh, he has tons of burst and bend for being, again, a massive human being. And he has a lot of tools. He's just really, really super raw. And the reason why I'm willing to trust a lot of these really raw prospects to our defensive line is because I think our defensive line coaching is really quite good. So he's good in backside pursuit. He does that thing that um, Mike Bennett did really well, where if the run's away from him, he can cut down the line and tackle the guy from behind really well. Uh, he sets an anchor, and but he needs to learn how to set the edge a little bit better. So there's a lot of technique things that he could clean up and fix uh you know having a little more technique learning how to set up a better rush plan but he's just a guy who again if he could do some of those things he'd be around one pick so the fact that we'd be getting him maybe on day four is because he didn't get to do those things or didn't get to show those things he loves to get physical like there's Mm -hmm. he just loves to get into the into the offensive lineman and get physical with them so yeah i love it all right great day three edge the seahawks could target there i agree um, he could be the thing about him is because of the how twitchy he is. Could I could see him going many different places in the draft? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took a flyer on him late round two, just because they were like, "Man, this guy's upside is crazy." All right, pretty hard to see the Seahawks taking a linebacker considering our recent inf- influx of draft capital at the position. Uh, but linebackers often make great special teamers, so this is a place we should look maybe as a potential day three guy, uh, what the Seahawks look for in a linebacker, six feet tall, 230 to 240, 10 foot broad jump, 35 inch vertical, 4.5540. That's which is fast. We want our linebackers to play fast. Uh, 1.6, 10 yard split, 4.3 in the short subtle and a 7.13 cone. Is there a day, day two linebacker that you would not feel clinically depressed if we took after drafting Barton and then Brooks in consecutive years, Kevin? So a day three guy? If no day two. No a day two guy. That you would not. That, that you would not be like, oh no. Like, is there a guy that would make you not sad that actually might go on day two? The fifth uh, measurables. Jameen Davis out of Kentucky. The big red flag on him is he couldn't push a much less athletic starter earlier in his career, so he didn't really get to break out until this last season. But his measurables are off the charts good. The Patrick Queen. Yep. Uh, where he he, he he didn't start, and you can't really tell why. Well, you could tell why with Queen. <laughs> I mean, but yes, yeah. crazy athletic. And then, uh, all right, how about a day three guy, though? Give me a day three. All right, so a guy that if he slipped around four, I would be pretty happy to see us with his Pete Warner out of Ohio State. Um, he hits the measurable boxes, but the big thing is he's a guy where you can really see him coming in and being able to fill kind of any of the roles 
on our linebacking core. So he's versatile in that way. He could uh, cover a tight end if we needed him to. Um, he can uh, play inside linebacker, outside linebacker. He needs to work on kind of his downhill play. That's one of his big problems. But he can hold the different roles and would immediately come in and be a good special teams guy. All right. Now, I think most uh, Seahawks fans would say co- outside cornerback is the biggest need for the Seahawks. And we'll get to that when we come back from this break. All right, Kevin. So when we're talking about outside corners, we're talking about guys. The Seahawks have very specific measurables. And I think of these, this one is the one people meme on the hardest. This is like the the hardest because the Seahawks have a type, you know, 32 inch arms for a cornerback is a lot long. And the Seahawks like the Seahawks, their outside corners to have long arms. Can we, can we do a verbal meme? As, as Nathan's describing these things, just picture that Vince McMahon meme. Where he's getting progressively more excited with each one of these things. Well, six, for th- Proceed. He's, he's got to be six foot one, 195 to 205 pounds, 32 inch arms. And that's when Pete loses his stuff. But then also, with the four, they want him to be pretty fast, 4, 5, 40, 1.6, 10 yard split, a 35 inch vertical, 4.3 in the short shuttle, and a 7.23 cone. Because with corners, we, we look at so many more measurables, guys can miss on you know one or two of these and still be or even three or four and still be very much on the draft board. They look at a lot more things with corners, but the arm length I think is the big disqualifier. There ain't going to be a 30 inch arm uh, outside corner for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, now DJ Reed might've taught Pete Carroll lesson last year uh, in that, like I don't need to be as strict of an adherent to, to some of these things. Cause he's five foot nine and a half. But he has 31 and 5 inch eighth, eighth inch arms. Which so I don't is really think really long for that size. <laughs> so I don't think that I don't think that it's gonna I think it's only gonna be he's gonna be like, well, yeah, maybe the height isn't a thing. Maybe it's just the arm length. That's that's like the yes. takeaway <laughs> I think Pete's gonna end up with is like, uh as 30 maybe we'll lower the arm length to 31 and a half and call it a day. Like it's it's not gonna be that different. That's a so. big gift for Pete. <laughs> So, all right, Kevin, who's a who's a uh, a day two cornerback, outside cornerback prospect the Seahawks might be into? Okay, I think day two is loaded with really interesting guys. Um, Afitu Melifanwu out of Syracuse is the one that you're going to hear from a lot of other people. So the one I'd like to talk about a little bit more today is Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Okay, so about Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes meets the physical measurements that we're looking for. You know, he's about six foot, 195. 194, somewhere in there. He's over 32 inches on the arms. Uh, 43440. His measurables in general remind me a lot of Shaquille Griffin coming out of uh coming out of college a couple years back in the draft. And in addition to that, he plays to his size and speed. He uses his length to get his hand on the ball a lot. Um, he has really good makeup speed. Uh, he plays very well in zone coverage and he presses well in man. But like a true Seahawks cornerback, he gets kind of grabby through the routes and probably is going to get some holding calls and frustrate us. He has the ball skills that can kill someone on mistakes and get a lot of tips, but he's not a guy who's going to get a lot of picks. He's a really good tackler. Um, His only real weakness is when you have like an elite change of direction guy like Devontae Smith uh, for Alabama last year, uh, that's a guy who can make him look a little bad because if they kind of get in and out of a break too fast and he's not in the right stance um, and he doesn't have safety help over the top, then he can get exposed because he is a bigger dude. And even though he has the makeup speed, 
he doesn't have that elite turn radius. Right. Yeah, I love it. I like Eric Stokes as a potential Seahawks guy. He just looks like a Seahawks corner. And I mean, he's put three years of solid play together in the SEC for Georgia. So that there's something to be said for that as well. As like, this is a guy who they put him through the fire, right? And I would say last year was probably actually his worst year, just mostly because he got torched pretty bad in the Alabama game. In fact. And then, then it took him time, I think, to get gain his, get his mojo back a little bit. Uh, okay. So that's another day two guy, but because this is such a good posi- a position of kind of huge need for, for the Seahawks, I think we should kind of double down, Kevin. I want you to tell me about Benjamin St. Juice, a guy I know that you've uh, done quite a get, a guy who's probably in a similar draft position as uh, Eric Stokes, a similar day two. He's risen a lot in the, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, where Stokes is probably like a mid-late two guy. Um, St. Juice is probably somewhere between like, middle of round three and early round four. Uh, and he's a guy six, three, a little over 200 pounds, well over 32 inches on the arm length. Um, his athletic measurables are really strong. The thing that kind of was interesting to me, I, I watched him at the senior bowl is when he kind of popped out to me and then one-on-one coverage situations, he could just get his hands into a guy and erase them from existence. Like he would just press a guy out of a play. And then you see he comes to his pro day and they get the testing results and he's got um, a six, six, three, three cone and a four, zero, one short shuttle. Yeah, and so his change of direction area. is crazy in short change of direction. I mean, this guy, this guy could be the truth. And he might, like I said, the arrow's pointing up for him. So you got to watch him as like a late riser because he's kind of best in class in terms of these big guys in terms of that those drills you just mentioned the three cone and the short shuttle they've put him firmly on the round three radar i think yeah, whereas probably. before he did that testing he was probably round four guy and so i could even see some team that that likes seahawks styles corners like the jets picking him because uh, you know they have our old off defensive coordinators coach now uh picking him earlier than people expect and yeah, I'd say him and Stokes are probably pretty close together because Stokes, the arrow seems to be pointing down just because the more you watch the tape, but nothing on the tape is crazy exciting. It's just like a lot of like dirty work, solid play, you know? <laughs> also, Georgia corners kind of show well in college and have a spotty track record coming into the NFL over the last little bit. All right. Now, day three guy, I want to take this one first. And if you have another guy you want to do, that's fine. But I want to talk about Jason Pinnock, uh, Pinnock out of Pittsburgh. A uh, guy that I think Seahawks Twitter has caught on to. A lot of people have been watching him, and uh, he's he does he doesn't have the height measurable. He's only six foot and a half, but he nails every other box. His his pro day he really showed out. Ran a six nine three cone, uh, jumped high, ran fast. This guy, and when you watch his tape, man, does he look like a Seahawks cornerback? Like just just totally does all the little Pete Carroll things that you that you think, and he could come in instantly and compete for for an outside corner job and. Someone who I think is really under the radar, like he's not even in pro football focuses draft guide, right? So yeah. like he's he's totally sliding under the radar. And the, one of the things is, is that, so I've been reading a lot lately, and I think that some teams, you know, you try to keep guys secret, right? And this guy seems like he's being kept secret somehow. Like there, there's not a lot of talk about him, but there's no reason there shouldn't be. The tape's pretty solid. The the athletic measurables are good. Like, why isn't he a fourth? Why isn't he being talked about as like a fourth round potential guy? Because I think teams that want press corners are trying to keep him secret. <laughs> They're trying not to let everyone know about him. Also, this is just a draft that's kind of rich in press press style Pete Carroll corners. So, yeah. so 
totally a guy that could slip and present great value to the Seahawks. I would love to see them try to take two shots at outside corners uh, in this draft. That's how deep uh, I think this draft is athletically. Kevin, do you have another uh, day three guy that you like? No? All right. Then we're going to move on to safety. So safety, what the Seahawks look for, they look for someone to be five foot, 10 inches, 205 to 220 pounds. Vertical 35 inch is 4640, 1.6 yard split, 4.3 short shuttle, and 7.13 cone. And people are probably thinking right now, but wait, we don't need a safety right now. Well, our safety core is pretty thin, especially when you consider that Amadi and Blair are both probably going to be asked to pull double duty in terms of backing up at safety and being our starting slot cornerbacks. So because that's the case, I think safety might be an interesting spot where we Seahawks could pick up a depth piece that would be really effective and, and also help in special teams. So is there any day two guys that, hit, that check the boxes for you, Kevin, that you would like to see the Seahawks go after? for safety you know i'm having a lot of trouble figuring out where the safeties are going to go in this one because there's a lot of people who profile in a really similar manner and the only thing i'm sure about is trevon morig is going to go like early, late round one early round two yeah, everyone thanks. else is going to go like in the draft yes yeah, so nobody anybody caught your eye though as a as a early maybe guy who's the arrows pointing up for so a guy i'd be really interested in is james wiggins out of cincinnati um, he has the thing I like about him is that he's extremely versatile. And so since we'd be looking at a guy who's probably gonna be primarily a backup and a special teams guy, this is someone who could play too high. He could play slot. He could play box safety um, in a pinch. He might be able to handle single high as a athleticism necessary for it. And he's got pretty decent size at five eleven, about two ten. So I think that he'd be a really interesting guy. And what I like about him a lot is his ball skills. Like he'll go up and play the ball mirroring the receiver really well for a safety. Yeah. The thing is about him is that he, when they asked him to like do something decisive, he was very good when he had to like make a bunch of decisions. It was worse. And so totally a guy who, if you put him in a role where he can read in or he can just react, you know, he could be awesome. And uh, yes, he will be available somewhere in the draft. I would guess day. I would guess day three. Um, round, yeah, round, probably a similar four. guy who might be day two would be Caden Stearns out of Texas. Yeah, um, he's kind of a, a slightly more athletic version of the same package. Where when he ha- he played a ton of single high at Texas, and so we know that he can handle that role, but at the same time, like he probably plays best in the zone. He probably plays best uh, like downhill tackling. So he's a little bit more locked into that single high role. You probably wouldn't want him as a box safety. Uh, he had a tendency when he kind of got down in the scrum there, he'd get a little bit lost and have trouble shedding. Kind of the reverse of the last guy you said, right? Who mm-hmm. probably be more leaning towards a box role. Stearns is going to be leaning more towards a uh, a deep role. But both both of them have like similar similar problems where change of direction can be a little bit challenging sometimes. Uh, but what, if they're decisive and they know what they're doing, they're pretty effective. And yeah, those are some guys I could totally see the Seahawks being into. I like, um, I like Devon Diablo just cause I'm big Virginia tech, big Virginia tech safety with good athletic testing at that. That's my, that's my thing. Uh, I want, I want the next there. camp chancellor. <laughs> so, all right. Um, that's it for us uh, here. Uh, for for Kevin, uh, I will see you soon, and go Hawks. <laughs>